Show is brought to you by... Folks, welcome back to the iHealth channel, iHealth Radio, with your host, Hurricane Age. A new day, new show. I would say this is going to be an interesting, super fun topic. Um, it's a topic that's going to be geared to almost everyone out there, because if you do have kids, uh, at any given moment, you've had a period of time where those kids were teenagers, and, uh, you know, it's not a topic that we tackle a lot, and there's not a lot of discussion about things and how to help uh, I guess the kids and our parents go through this process. I have two myself, so I can tell you, and I've had another one that's now older, but but it was always a, a tough place to be when you have, you know, that age group. So with me, I have I have a teen, <laughs> like no other teen. <laughs> I have probably the oldest teen you ever met in your life uh, that's going to actually guide us through this. And you'd be like, what is what are you doing with teens in hurricane age well i uh it, that's what i said it's a different teen you haven't seen this teen before <laughs> you haven't heard of this teen. And when i say the oldest is definitely the oldest now you might think is 18 uh you, you know he's not 18 <laughs> we could have flipped that actually probably i don't know if that's the correct age or not but but hey you know uh i, I i'm gonna have some fun today with paul hemphill he is um he's, he's been on tv he's a, a videographer i mean he's an author he's a great book uh, that he designed his programming for for teenagers. And so uh, today it's really teenage uh, time and we're going to talk about how that, I mean, we even talk about teenage ninjas if we have to, <laughs> we can have some fun. <laughs> Paul, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? <laughs> Thank you very much, Hurricane. I just want you to know that I'm 77 years old going on 17. Oh, I love it. There you go. There you go. Well, I'm 21. I got stuck at 21, so. <laughs> uh -huh. Oh, Great boy, that's fun. Thank you, thank you. Uh, same thing. I mean, by the way, uh, age is a number, and you know it's what you make out of it. Exactly. And, yeah. Got and it. you have contributed in in a long time, and, and that's the other thing. Like you and I, we had a brief discussion, and you have a, a wealth of wisdom. And uh, I, people, whether they accept it or not, with time comes wisdom and knowledge that you cannot buy, and it's it is real. Yes, you can crunch time, you know, learning at an early age, but. Just imagine how much stuff you can pick up over the decades, you know, and it's just amazing. But you also, I want to do something else with you special because I know you've served uh, in a time, you know, in a war that was difficult and uh, you are a vet, you know, veteran. So thank you for your service. And, uh, you know, glad you're here. Glad because I know that was a, a very, what was the average life, you know, of, of a soldier was 19. And I mean, hustle fire was every day. I mean, the song, there was a song 19, right? If you remember that song, that was that was just about the Vietnam War. You know, I can remember some of the, the words there, but it, it's, it was a cool thing, you know, to hear, but it's very, you know, it, one of the worst, I guess, or toughest, you know, wars that, you know, we've got involved. So glad to to see you that you, you've made it back and you've done a lot of stuff since then. You've worked in marketing, uh, and then you dedicated time, you know, for education and for kids specifically. And uh, we're here today with you to, to enlighten us and really, you know, give 
uh, a message, you know, that you've been working on all these years. Sure. So first things first, I, I, I give a, that's just a brief description about who you are, but Paul, I want you to share that with us, your story a little bit. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, oftentimes people will say to me, well, how did you get into this thing? And uh, the story is pretty, pretty interesting. Um, when my kids were in high school, I have two sons. And about every six months, I would, at the kitchen table, ask them this one simple question. So how do you guys like history? And, of course, my <laughs> son Dad, it's boring, please. I mean, you know, we're not going to talk about that, are we? <laughs> and, so, and so finally, uh, uh, the last time I asked them, the response I got was, hey, Dad, you keep asking us the same question. We keep giving you the same answer. Don't you get it? And so, <laughs> and so what happened was uh, after – uh, after a few days, I decided to get down to the library, and I walked in, and I think I asked the librarian the dumbest question she had ever heard. And the question was, do you have any book in the library here that gets uh, teenagers excited about learning history? And she looked at me as if I had three heads, and, uh, and I knew I had my Damascus moment where I realized that I got to do this. I got to write that book. And so I spent the next uh, nine years researching uh, on the weekends when I had time um, the most catastrophic uh, man-made event in our nation's history, which wasn't 9-11. It wasn't Pearl Harbor. It was the Battle of Gettysburg in 1863, where in a three-day period, um, more than 12,000 men and boys were killed. There were 20,000 wounded, and total amount of casualties was a little over 51,000 just in three days. So I had a rich source of material from books that had been written about this event more than any other event in our history. And I thought, wow, this, this, the, this is the only resource, American event I need to, to investigate and research so that I could make it uh, history relevant to my kids. Now, what do I mean by that? Uh, how do you make history relevant? Well, I discovered something that, that had been hidden in plain sight for years that teachers never picked up on, and that is you make history relevant by using stories, because stories uh, connect us emotionally to what it is we're researching, whatever it is we're reading. And with that connection, you get to remember things an awful lot better. So, so what I did was I researched a lot of the stories that came out of that particular historical event. And really, it, it's all about human nature. It's, uh, when you talk about Gettysburg, you're really talking about yourself. We're talking about each other. We're talking about how we can handle uh, circumstances and events and uh, under stress, especially under stress, and what we don't realize, what our kids don't realize, and maybe what our adults, parents don't realize, is that our kids have abilities that already exist within, within them that haven't been activated yet. That's because they're kids. And we think as adults, that we have to send them off to college and, and, and wait until they get older to, to realize that uh, they'll get to activate these abilities later on in life. No, they don't have to wait that long. They can start activating those abilities today. Uh, 
<laughs> and if I get a little excited about this, it's because I am. Our, our kids have so much value and, and, uh, and are so resourceful right now. And uh, let me give you a, an example that is so simple that it comes off as almost looking manufactured. But think of I want I really want the, your your viewer your listeners to 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 uh, hang on to this for a few minutes. There is a, there was a young girl uh, during the battle who was told by her mother that look I want you to get down to your uncle's house because there's a lot of confusion and a lot of fighting going on, and, and somebody's going to get hurt. I don't want you to get hurt. I want you to get down to his house right away. So she runs down to the house. She gets down there, and the closer she gets to the house, she, she sees something that's being thrown out of a window. She's, she doesn't know quite what it is, but there's a pile of something. Uh, she can't see it because she's, she's too far away. And the closer she gets, the more she realizes that what she's looking at is a pile of limbs, amputated limbs, arms, legs, and hands, and, and the, the side of it just, just revolts her, and she goes into vomiting and, and losing everything that's within her as she approaches the house. And so for the next three days, she's being asked to, uh, in essence, give cool water with a tin cup to these soldiers who are lying on their backs, dying. And, uh, but you know, as she's doing this, she doesn't know what to say to these guys. Uh, she never went to any sort of counseling class to learn how to listen to people and talk to people and, and comfort them in their time of need. Uh, so all she did was, is go around to these men with, with the cool water and listen to their agonies and their pain. And as she did this, some of these guys were looking up at her and thinking to themselves, that's my mother right now. That's my sister. That's my wife. And, and, and as a result of her being there uh, and listening to her, what she didn't realize, Hurricane, was that she was leading these men across what I call an emotional bridge of hope over which few of us as adults could cross alone. And as a result, some of these men survived. They were able to live another day. And what, uh, what lesson we learned from this story. By the way, this, this girl was only 15 years old at the time. Uh, we learned that uh, a teenager, a 15-year-old, 10-year-old, uh, has the ability right now to save a life. How? By simply listening. That's it. It's as, it's as simple as that. I, I remember there was a, uh, there was a story on uh, one of the networks one time. It's one of those documentary stories about, uh, it was about uh, teenage suicide. And there was a teenager that was being interviewed who was attempting suicide. And I wanted to find out uh, what prevented her from doing so. And her remark was very illuminating. She said, well, uh, it was a friend of mine uh, who uh, basically stopped me. And they said, well, how, you know, what did she say? And her answer was very revealing. She didn't say anything. Oh, wait a minute. The interviewer is wondering what's going on here. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and she said, uh, the point was, she was the only person 
that was willing and took the time to listen to what I was feeling at the moment. And as a result, I, someone was actually caring for me. At least that was the interpretation I had in that moment. And it prevented me from taking my own life. Duh, is the way I respond to that. <laughs> okay. And so it is, it is such a simple, easy story to tell and to comprehend that it tells teenagers, in effect, look, you have this ability. As simple as it is, it's, it's extremely valuable. You have that ability to save the life of an adult. You have that ability to give hope where there is none. And, 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 and please recognize that ability today so that you realize you have worth and value now, not 20 years from now, but now, today. So... With that, I'm going to start preaching. <laughs> well, well, so Paul, thank you. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that that you've already kind of opened up really to us for a discussion here. But the first thing is, uh, teenagers, youth is the future of any nation, any time frame, right? right. Uh, although time frames vary, and you know the story, you know, in 1800s is you know of a teenager then versus a teenager now, two different you know, uh, intellects to different levels. I mean, I could say that today, maybe they have more knowledge and accept. you would think that's the case. And I want to keep that as that, because we'll talk more about this. But, but the fact is, you're right. I mean, you know, they are the future, but they're also vulnerable at that age. There is so much stuff. I mean, you know, from a yeah. psychological, from a yeah. development, there is still, yeah. you know, a limitation. Now, when we look at the story that you've mentioned about the girl that, that was a given hope to these soldiers, uh, in a time of war, uh, that's an era that is where the kids were also almost heightened in terms of their abilities. At early on ages, they were able to get into society a little different. Uh, today, I would say it's a little bit more difficult. Kids are really too kiddish, and I, you know, I'll make it down. Like they, they not really evolve into a role of, you know, quasi adulthood. As you know, even in in the fifties and sixties, even the eighties, you know, you had kids who have teenagers that were already like embodying some activities that would probably, I mean, again, you know, they were working, although that's not acceptable, but, but I'm just saying that in, in times there were different aspects of where the teenagers were. So their ability to cope and, and, and deal with things were different. They were more mature, I would say, than potentially today. Now your work is to elevate that. And I love what you stated with is that you know, history. History is like vegetables for kids. I mean, who, who, who wants to talk about, you know, like yeah. you don't tell people, you know, vegetable. Ooh, I mean, that's really what you get. I mean, listen, I've been debating with my kids to eat, eat vegetables, you know, all my life and they hardly do. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a sad result. Like they, they, they hate it by default. I don't even know why. Is it the taste? I mean, you put sugar on it, they probably eat it, but, <laughs> but that's, that's the same thing. So history, a lot of people don't have a clue about history. Now today, I think, in, and I, I love your shirt, American Education Defenders, right? Uh, and, and and really, when you think about it, you know, our education system is different today. And it uh, depends what part of the world, actually, I would say. The education is different. And also, the importance of history is different. Now, history, as far as I know it is, by definition, is the understanding of the past, to, the, the study of the past to understand the present and predict the future. At least that's that's the general, you know, uh, uh, I guess definition of what right. it should be for yeah. us. So, so 
understanding history is a very relevant piece of, of, of information that we all need so we can comprehend what's going on today and hopefully uh, have a better future if you want to look at that way. Now, again, historically speaking, that didn't always work. I mean, history repeats itself over and over. Problems that occurred in the past still open again and they will probably happen. Now, we don't learn, you know, our lessons, you know, from the past. But understanding it, it may give us a different spin. And your work today, uh, especially in, in that age group, is is a very relevant, you know, piece of work because if we can convert our kids, you know, uh, in the ability to start uh, thinking and revisiting something. Because what I noticed today, and I, and I can tell you about my kids, I'm not saying they, they're clueless. They actually have knowledge, but they just literally... Uh, you know, just involved in their own world and their own world is is destructive, meaning there's just too much social stuff. They're in the games, they're in the world. So they, they have very little inter, in, interaction with the real world, I would say. Exactly. Uh, and it, it, it is it is a fact. And, you know, some someone can say, well, Hurricane, what do you know? Well, I can tell you, at least for my kids, you might tell me where well, you didn't do a good job with my kids. Maybe I didn't. But I can tell you it is difficult because I can't do the job myself because here's the thing. They do spend enough time in school with other folks and teachers, educators uh, in other worlds. And so they have so much influence. So I cannot do it alone. And when I say I, this is about all parents out there. You know, it is a tough game, you know, to to really raise your kids the way you want. Even, no matter what you tell them, there's someone's going to say like, well, that may not be the case. And then you have these currents that happen. And then they're just basically distracted because there's um, uh, you you probably relate to this. I mean, uh, you've been there. You've worked out, you know, when you were at at days, you were playing outdoors that you were doing things, right? You were a different activity. You were involved in discussions that were probably were older, you know, for, for that. You your level of ability to, to, to talk about deep topics was probably more enhanced. Now, I'm not saying that's a general rule, but but that is kind of like I would say the majority that I have at least in, encountered. Like, you know, I mean, you see them on social, like there are questions like just basic information about history or geography or anything. And you're like, I don't know. And the school doesn't put emphasis on that either. I mean, I don't think that there is, you know, like social studies, whatever they have, you know, it's not enough, you know, to to really enhance their knowledge of what's going on around the world, period enough. And that, that you know, and I'll, and I'll hold to that. What do you say to that, Phil? Uh, Paul, sorry. No, <laughs> <laughs> no the, your, your comments are very, very spot on. And, uh, uh, but even, even though there are differences 200 years ago, uh, in terms of circumstances and living conditions, as opposed to today, there's one thing that remains the same. It's human nature. Human nature never changes, no matter what you say. And so the reason why I am also referred to as a pattern interrupter, it's because uh, there are certain patterns that are established over time that stop working. Uh, and the pattern that has been taught that has been used in our high schools and our middle schools, uh, when it comes to history, it's a re basically a study of what they call the critical thinking skills and using history to teach kids how to think critically. And uh, but uh, and they and the teachers are saying that's a that's a real departure from the way history used to be taught, which was what I call stats and facts and figures and all of that, and dates you're supposed to memorize and speeches you're supposed to remember, whatever. Uh, those things never were relatable to kids because they, they couldn't relate to them. And there was no, like I say, emotional connection. And, uh, and so when you talk about history, uh, I re 
I always like to refer to that comment that George Santayana made at Harvard, which, is a, which was a comment that really showed how naive the guy was who didn't understand human nature very well. And, and his comment was, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, those who don't study history are condemned to repeat it. Well, let me tell you, that that's kind of a clueless statement, and you don't want to embarrass yourself by ever repeating that to anybody, because, because if 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 God decided tomorrow that every one of us on this planet was going to have a PhD in world history, that we all knew what had happened thousands of years before. I mean, we were all just brilliant. Three things would still continue to happen because of our human nature. We would continue to make war on each other. Number two, we would continue uh, to witness the corruption and fall of governments in our midst. And number three, we would continue to watch and experience slavery in countries all around the world. We just call it by something else, human trafficking. Those three realities would continue uh, until the end of time. And so my approach to history is, I always like to say to people who contact me with an email and say, uh, what do you think General so-and-so did on the third day of the battle? And do you think he made the right decision? And I usually respond to these people. I say, look, if you're looking for a discussion on history, I'm talk you're talking to the wrong guy. <laughs> what you want, what I do, I don't do history. I do what lessons we can learn from what that guy did during that particular event and, and and what that guy did how did what he did or how did he do what he did uh benefit me and how i can improve my life today uh, that's how i look at history it's a very selfish point of view because we, uh, and, and the reason why i think my program adapts very well to teenagers is because uh, if you have a teenager in the house you know uh, by experience that uh, you're witnessing a person on a daily basis who walks around the house with an attitude, hey, it's all about me, man. I mean, the, the world revolves around me. I mean, it's all about me, 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 right? And so what I do with history is I tell the, the, the students, you know, my approach to history is all about you. What? Really? What are you talking about? And it, it's using history as a way, as a teaching tool to tell the student, okay, you watch this particular video that I created, or you read a chapter from my book, and you will see in that story uh, what this person has done, and then it's followed by some life lessons. Well, what can we learn from what this person did? Wow. You know, I always like to, uh, if I ever get the chance to talk to a, to a group of high school teachers, and I haven't been able to have that chance yet, I, I've invited myself several several places and I don't get invited. I think it's because they don't want to learn anything new is the impression they're giving me as to how to approach these kids. And, and, and the reason why I may sound a bit cynical there, Hurricane, is because uh, every year the Department of Education issues a, uh, it's another department, I forget the name of it, but they issue a, 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 a paper called the nation's report card. And it tells what uh, our kids are learning and what degree they're learning it and what percentages are involved in those degrees. And it indicates to this, to this date that high school seniors, 
of high school seniors have no proficiency in American history. What that means is they don't know what to do with the information they studied for the last quiz. I mean, what do you do with there's 51,000 casualties at the Battle of Gettysburg? What do you do with that information? Nothing. Okay? Uh, but you can walk into a, 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 a literature class, a writing class, an English class, and come out of that class with something you can use that day, a math class, something you can use that day, a science class, something you can use that day. What do you, what do you, what do, you do with, with, with the historical fact? So I always like to, I would I always like to fantasize that I'm standing in front of 3,000 history teachers and say, and ask them, uh, what, uh, what can you teach an eighth grader about honesty? Or what did Robert E. Lee teach an eighth grader about honesty in a disastrous decision he made at the Battle of Gettysburg? They're not going to be able to answer that question. That's not the way they teach history. That's the way I, I teach history. Okay, if you want to learn about the value of honesty and what it can do for your life, look at what Robert E. Lee did at the Battle of Gettysburg when he went to his troops after he made a disastrous decision that killed more than 6,000 of his own men. He went to his men and said, you know what it just happened? What just happened was all my fault. It was all my fault. Now, what leaders do you know today in our media that will come to that reality and say, you know, I really blew that, whatever it was that they blew, and that was all my fault. You don't find leaders who are admitting guilt and taking responsibility for their stupid decisions that we watch on TV every night. It just doesn't happen. But if, if you can, and this is where my, I feel it's my responsibility, my mission in life is to teach your two uh, teenagers that uh, if, if you're honest, people will have a greater respect for you. You'll have more credibility in what you have to say and do. You'll be able to accomplish things with people that uh, people who aren't honest can accomplish. And your status in your own group, in your own community, will be uh, heightened to a great degree because everybody knows that you're honest. And honesty is a value, is a, what I like to call an American value that we have had since the beginning. And so teaching that one simple value to your kids can have enormous results uh, for the rest of their lives. I mean, what history class is going to teach that? None. But I'll teach that. Actually, I won't teach that. I'm just the messenger. I, I just tell you what this guy did or what these 52 other people did so that you can learn from what they did and use it in your life. Does that answer your question? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty powerful stuff, and and you again, you touch on a few things. One is the the formula of teaching today is is different. Uh, the to your point, it's one thing, and and you hit it spot on. Is that a lot of people now they have a test, they prepare for the test just so they can get the passing grade, and that's it. That information is gone a week later, a day later, maybe even an hour later. It's like, what was this? I don't remember. Yeah. And so, so because you're not studying for the retention of the information, you're studying just to pass the grade, and that's it. Which, 
that's unfortunately, and I can give you a good, good, uh, different example. So, so example. So I, I grew up overseas, and the education system I had was a French system. And in the French system, there's no multiple choice. They give you a question that you have to literally write an essay on. So basically, oh. if they give you what happened at the Battle of Gettysburg, you need to really understand the story and be able to relate to it. So that means you have to understand the story and, and, and really comprehend it before to memorize it. Not just like verbatim and you have a selection and you have four, uh, you know, a, B, C, D, pick one, and sometimes you can even guess and probably pass. So so that system, as far as I'm concerned, was a much tougher educational system. Yeah. And, but what, what it did is that we retained more information over the years. Like, I can remember things that I've studied then, and it's like 50 plus years ago, you know, and it's just a different system in terms of the education. So again, I'm not against the... Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's but, but, but it was a different, it's it's just, it's still the same way I thought today in France and in, in some of the French colonies, or, uh, you know, <laughs> ex-colonies, because yeah. we, we, were, we were, I'm from Morocco, so at the time we were, uh, I mean, we had... Um, in, in independence and stuff, but the system remained behind as the actual predominant system of education. And so therefore that system, uh, you know, applied. Now it was a difficult, you know, place to, because when you have to study, you're really got to know your stuff. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. You'll have to literally write it down. And then not only they actually test you on the content, they even test you on the style that you write with and your errors that you write with and your grammar. It oh. was literally that you could fail just because your grammar may be bad. So it was oh. a whole different way of teaching. And, yeah. and and history is 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 definitely one of the areas that you had to really know how to respond to things. It's same thing with law. For example, you you have an actual uh, law problem. I mean, I, I studied law, and in there you they'll give you a problem, and you'll have to really describe that whole thing. And so it's a different system. And and I I, I sometimes I joke with my kids, and you know I'm like this this system is like easy. I mean, you just don't need to know. You can probably just guess. You know, just the best bet, and really the yeah. best guess, and you probably can still make it work, and and it's just the way. To not again, not not downfall in you know on uh, uh, the idea of what the, the 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 system is right now, but it just doesn't give the same value of of retention. And and another one is languages, for example, when people study languages now. Oh, I studied Spanish in in high school. Do you speak it? No, I forgot. And that's the other thing. If you learn the language correctly, you will never forget it. <clears throat> Right. I mean, you got to practice a little bit, but but still, it will be there. So just to, to give you, so that was one. Two is, I love what you said about the value of what you studied, especially from history, is that that is that is what we need to learn and take those lessons. It's real lessons of life. The example that you gave about, you know, admitting, and by the way, leadership, first thing in the rule of leadership, you have to be accountable for your actions, good or bad. You know, you yeah. have to, you have to be able to live up and own, you know, your decision. You yeah. know, we refer in business, we refer to executive decisions and so, and most people fear to make a decision anywhere because they're afraid of what would be the outcome if they fail. But see, you, someone's going to make a decision one way or the other. Sometimes they're good, sometimes bad. Uh, I have, I, I give you a good joke. I, this is about me. I watch movies and I, you know, like war movies, you know, uh, I actually, I love sci-fi war and try to like, to, what do you call them? Um, uh, disaster movies. And the reason I watch these specifically uh because they actually have characters and decision all the time and i've even used them in training because you start seeing like which character would i be would i make that decision or did he make the decision why what happened if i were in his shoes would i have made that call or a different call it is actually a tough when you start thinking about it and breaking down these things and like you know if you were in their shoes what would you have done 
sometimes it's very difficult. Like, would I be in the bad guy or the good guy? I, you know, like sometimes you'd be like questioning yourself. Like, it's very difficult when you analyze this. But most of us today, we don't have that analysis of, of information or, or like, you know, events. We just move on to them and that's it. It sure. is it is a, a level set. And then when you're talking about kids, especially teenagers, they're they're also limited in what that information is. So whatever they're being taught is going to be exactly with them. You're right. If we don't teach them honesty and and give them a real example of what that is, right. like this is someone who actually lost lives and they were still able to stand. They could be killed. They could be you know, retaliated against. But you know you have to take responsibility of your actions. If you did bad. You know, one way or the other, something you got to own out to it. Now, if they don't learn that, to your point, I mean, I can give you a statistics. You can memorize them. What does that mean? Right? Okay. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, so thank you. I mean, for 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 you know, bringing that out, and, and it's amazing because, to your point, I mean, history is a very large, you know, I mean, we have thousands of years of it, <laughs> you know, and you can you can deep dive all the way from the ancient, you know, societies to to even more recent events. And, and there's plenty to learn from, and some yeah. of it is recent, right? Right. The the uh, uh, I, I just somebody asked me why I focused on Gettysburg versus uh, uh, any battle from the ancient times. It was only because it was an American event, and uh, uh, and I later discovered in my research. By the way, this is kind of fascinating. It's kind of a personal thing. I discovered that. Uh, uh, two of my ancestors fought at the Battle of Gettysburg, uh, one on each side. Imagine that. Oh. Oh, one fought for Texas and one fought for Pennsylvania. And and uh, the one who fought for Pennsylvania was only 19 year years old at the time, and he was, he was wounded in the last few minutes of the battle uh, <clears throat> in the leg. And the following day, he had his leg amputated. And it's a very special day at, at, the, at our house because his leg was amputated on the 4th of July, uh, the day after the, the actual battle. And he died six weeks later of the amputation. Because back then, the medical doctors uh, had no sense of, of what germ, germs could do and that sort of thing. And so they would uh, basically use a hacksaw to, to, hack, to hack off your leg or your arm in two minutes. If it was over two minutes, you were probably going to die. So they, they did it in a hurry. And uh, six weeks later, he died. And it was, uh, uh, it was quite a uh, thing to discover in my research. But the point is, is that I could have picked any event because in, uh, when Ken Burns, when Ken Burns was asked why he uh, he did documentaries on wars, he said, "Well, that's where uh, the test of human nature is really on full display." And uh, and so I thought, well, okay, let's find something that's really on full display and make it relevant uh, to our kids. And so it's. Uh, if, if history is going to be taught in a way that they're going to forget, then you have to change. That's a pattern. You have to change. You have to interrupt it, and which is what I uh, am trying to do. So as a result, in the process, um, our kids are learning character. In other words, my program is really a character development program as well as a leadership program because 
the my book was originally titled uh, the book I'm talking about uh, this one here, uh, which became a, a bestseller here a couple of years ago. It, it it had a different title before this one, and the title was "Why You're Already a Leader." And I was uh, saying in the byline was that uh, leadership is already in your DNA. Now th think about that young girl who's 15 years old able to lead these men from from despair to hope and as a result uh some of them are able to stay alive and so that's real leadership uh that's really not recognized as leadership in our culture today but uh, if you define leadership as i do as influencing and we all influence whether we're terrible people or we're great people or influencing uh, all the time. In other words, I'm leading your audience uh, uh, in what I'm saying because they're, they're sitting there listening and they're leading me by, in essence, my recognizing the fact that I have to say something uh, in order for them to pay attention. So uh, leadership is a very fluid phenomenon and, and uh, we're all doing it unknowingly every minute of the day. So um, other than that. Um, well, so, so, so I have something you said very, you know, powerful is that one couple of things are always going to repeat themselves. And yes, war is one of those things that, that started, I mean, from a, uh, from, for anybody that believes in, in, I guess, the creation of humanity and Adam and Eve, from the time of, of the kids of Adam, you know, we had the first murder, which is pretty, pretty much war started then, if you think about it, right? And and so war has been with us from, from as long as humanity exists on this planet. Uh, and if we go from the evolutionary, you know, aspect of the science, you know, the early men fought, you know, tribal, you know, and, and killed each other and so on and so forth for, for, for territory and turf and all this stuff. So it doesn't matter which which side you, you go in. You know, we have that indicator and it's there. And I, you always said it's always in display and we have it almost every decade, every couple of years. You have some event that is a war. There's always a war going on somewhere. And and you're yeah. right. And you see the behavior of humanity there. And it is it is the saddest. I mean, you see some great things happen and some really bad things happening at the same time. Uh, mostly more bad things because, I mean, you know, the idea of killing and death and taking lives, I, I'm not a big fan of. I think most of the people are not. Unfortunately, it is as sad as it sounds, but it's real. It's happening, and um, but but you do see like people that that rise. I mean, you mentioned something about uh, people are not living up to their mistakes today on TV or whatever. They will make a statement, even if it's wrong. They will maintain that it's correct because they cannot admit, "Oh, I made a mistake. I, I was wrong. Sorry about that." Where's that? But to your point, that teaches people that well, if he's not honest, why should I be right? And so on and so forth. That's a great point. That's a great point, Hurricane, because uh, our leaders, our so-called leaders, are doing and saying things that are, are really uh, against the grain of how people feel about themselves, as well as as the morality that conditions their their lives. I mean, how do you accept and tolerate being lied to every day? Uh, it's it's uh, it's unfathomable that. There are people out there that believe that if you tell a lie often enough, people are going to believe it for political purposes. I mean, it's it's crazy, but 
again, it gets back to human nature. This is this is how uh, and what we are capable of doing. We're capable not only of doing good things, but capable of doing bad things and acting accordingly. So uh, what I try to do with, <clears throat> with my videos, and by the way, this is kind of interesting. Um, I had, when my book became a bestseller, uh, I knew that parents were buying the book, parents were writing the reviews, and so I didn't know, I had no idea as to whether or not these parents were getting their kids to, to read the book. So I called uh, uh, Google one day and they connected me with YouTube. They had just spent $1.7 billion to buy YouTube. So I called a guy on YouTube and he asked me what it is that I did. And so he said to me, uh, you may have a bestseller, sir, but if, if you put that thing to video, you'll get more people to watch your videos in one hour than they'll read your book in a lifetime. I thought, hot diggity dog, i got to convert my book to video. And so that's what I did. And I, 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 I have a video series called America's 52 Stories. And uh, you can get it on my website which is uh, uh, www.americaneducationdefenders.com. And when you get there, you can, you can see the, uh, you can go to my store and then you can click on whatever it is you see up there and you can purchase the series. And what happens is that uh, you get one video a week and you think, well, one video a week, that's all I get. Whoa, wait a minute, let me explain why I do that. Uh, what happens with my videos, by the way, is that uh, it's, it's divided up into three parts. You, you get the story first, then it's followed by the life lessons, what you can learn from the story. And then what follows that are some questions, questions that relate back to uh, the story and the lessons. So when we were talking about honesty earlier, I, you might, I might have a question that says, um, what were the results of you uh, having been dishonest with uh, a friend of yours? And what had happened, uh, what did you discover about yourself when people said, hey, that was a very honest thing to do? Uh, questions that really relate to, to the student that connects them back to the story that they had just watched. And so, so what, I, what happened was parents get the, the video every Wednesday and, and, and the questions that come at the end of the video, I always say to the parents, when the question is asked and you look at your son and say, okay, so what's your answer? And his first answer is going to be predictable. I don't know. <laughs> this is not the answer that all teenagers give to every question. I haven't got a clue. Okay. Well, take the week to, to figure out what the answer is to those questions. Uh, and, it, and it can maybe take a couple of days, but maybe it can take a full week uh, to do that. I, I just uh, created a video to, I just finished a video uh, the day before yesterday. It's the first video I've done in two years. And I was on a video, uh, the subject was Sitting Bull, the uh, leading uh, American Indian in the 19th century, uh, who was uh, uh, persecuted and reviled. And, but he was, you know, by the American government, but his, his followers loved him. He was their spiritual leader. And, 
And at the end of that video, I asked questions like, uh, what is the effect of seeking revenge on somebody who has wronged you? In other words, Sitting Bull was very much wronged uh, by the U.S. government because the U.S. government had violated 56 treaties that they had with the American Indians back in the 1800s. And, uh, and that kind of, of wrongdoing that the government, our government was doing to the American Indian was unfathomable. I mean, I, I, I came to the conclusion that the American Indian is the most persecuted ethnic group that this country has ever had. And, uh, but a question like uh, seeking revenge on someone who has wronged you, uh, what is the effect of that? I mean, it's a, it's a moral question. But it's a question for a teenager to answer, and it can be a tough one to answer, and it can take a week, <laughs> you know, to answer that question personally, and it's it's very relevant. So when I'm talking about sitting bull, uh, it's uh, it's about a person who, um, uh, in a historical context, had done everything he could to save his culture, his religion, and his uh, uh, way of life, uh, contrary to what the U.S. government had in mind for the Indians, and so, um, so it, it's it's things like that. It's questions like that. It's videos like that that get our kids uh, really interested because they love video as a means of uh, communication. Uh, you know, I, I don't assume that that when someone purchases my book, their kids are actually reading it, but they will watch the videos. Now, here is the unexpected consequence of watching the videos. I didn't discover this until I got a, an email from my mom. She said, you know, uh, I never had the chance. I don't really have the chance during the week because my husband and I both work. And, you know, we get to see our kids, you know, at supper time. That's about it. But when we watch the video and answer the questions, uh, you recommend that we, the parents, answer the same questions. So what happens is that when my son comes up with an answer, I might be learning things about him that I didn't know before. And when I answered the question about, you know, how honest was I with, with my employer or whatever, he learns things about me that he didn't know. So it's a, it, it, my videos have a bonding characteristic to them that uh, we hadn't anticipated and we're very excited about that. And, and if my videos can bring parents and, and their kids closer together, I'm all for it, man. <laughs> well, I can tell you, I, I did mention, like, I, I use videos in training. I, I, I do believe you're right. You know, reading the book or watching the content of the book in, in, a, in a visual, uh, you know, effect. I mean, we have audio books. They work better because you listen to them, you know, so you, it takes more time from you. Because, I mean, if you're going to read a book, you really have to be in front of the book. But you can be driving, doing things and reading. Video will take also time, but it, it, it's enhanced because there is gesture, there is, you know, things, there is, you know, it's a little bit more, I guess, accessible into, and it works differently in the mind. So, but you're right, like to, to the point, it could be also a lot of like family oriented. We we might not be able to read the book at the same time, but we can watch the movie together, you know, you or the video together. So it can change in and then we can have a debate about it. And, you know, to your point, now you can talk about character, like, I didn't expect you to. I, by the way, I have that with my kids. Sometimes we have a discussion. I look at my son. I'm like, huh, you know that that gives me a whole different spin on 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 how he thinks. 
But you're yeah. right. I mean, you mentioned something about is like we're influencers as as in general. Yeah. You know, when you watch people every day, you know, there is an influence, good or bad. It it it, it goes both ways. And and unfortunately, you watch enough of BS, you're gonna become almost <laughs> on that side of the BS. Unless you you come up with your own views of things or do a different research and not just buy it for face value, you want to actually do your own. And and not everybody does that though. It is easier for me to follow what I'm being told than actually analyzing what I'm being told and then making my own stuff. Yeah. What what you're creating here is the opportunity for people to start really becoming themselves and understanding there's deeper. See, there's the what you see, and there's I, I give a good example about something that we all probably watch and everybody watching and listening. I don't care what part of the world you are, probably watch this Star Wars. It's it's a fun movie, it's a sci-fi movie. It is one of the most political movies and 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 controversial movies you can possibly dig in. And you know, you, you know, here, here's a very simple thing. Everybody that watched Star Wars probably will side not with the Empire, with the Rebellion. Yeah, right. rebellions are bad, right? So that's one way to look at it. Then you think about it, it's all about Senate government and you know, toppling governments and blockades and whatever. And it's yeah. all political in in its it's it's and it's done. There's a love story in there, there is you know, all kind of stuff going on in that movie. But yet, when you think about it, it's like just a movie. And, you know, if you just watch it for fun, that's all you get. But if you start really looking at the characters and the story and behind, there's messages that are yeah. embedded in that movie over and over. And whether you watch the series, the, the six episodes or the other ones that came after, like the offshoots, they all have similar messages. And that's just one example. And you can we can go on and on in different types of movies. So videos are, are super, you know, uh, uh, impactful and um, they have an everlasting and and again you're right for a teenager uh, it is a, a much appeal i mean reading a book that is a few hundred pages may not be as as appealing or exciting as opposed to watching break it down into a series i mean look we have cartoons from day one right that's that's something that we've already conditioned ourselves to <laughs> you know so so watching something it's always appealing so i love you know the idea oh, i got a book maybe if i convert it it would work it does and it's it's working and I was going to ask you about, which which I think you answered some of it, is that, you know, when parents are maybe, re, you know, reluctant about, because these are deep topics. I mean, you're talking about war and stuff. Some people are like, I don't want my kids to be subjected to this, you know, but it's history, right? You know, it's things like that. You know, have you gotten any reaction to that effect whereby that, you know, I don't want my kids to to be, you know, like some protective parents may not want them to really get into that deep dive yet. Is that is that something that you experience? Well, the the response I get from from people is that uh, they like what they see, they like what they hear. Uh, it, it's not something that uh, they are actively teaching their kids. They'll actually will admit that. Uh, some of them do, they'll say, thank you for reinforcing what it is I teach my own kids because a, a, a third-party source is far more effective for a child than for a, a parent. In other words, uh, I, used to, uh, I used to talk and teach teenagers how to get into college. I used to market them. And I always used to tell the parent, you know, I'm, I'm going to meet with your student in front of you. I'm going to talk to your student in front of you. And, uh, and when I leave, 
your student is probably going to say to you, boy, that guy is really smart. Did you hear what he said about this, what he said about that? And you're going to come to the conclusion pretty quickly uh, that you said that same thing to your kid a hundred times, <laughs> but it didn't mean anything until somebody else said so. And, and that's the whole beauty about selling uh, history. See, I don't teach history. I sell it. And I like to tell uh, teachers, you got to stop teaching that stuff. You got to start selling it. And they look at me like I've got, you know, three heads as well. And they ask me, what are you talking about? I said, well, look, as consumers, teenagers are no different than, than uh, you and I. Uh, before we buy a product, we want to answer one simple question in our own heads. Uh, what's in it for me if I buy this hammer? or I buy this car, or whatever it is we're going to be buying. And we already have the answer to that. That's the reason why we go to make the purchase. But when a kid walks into your history class, okay, what's that student asking? What's in it for me if I learn this stuff? Is it going to help? You're not, if you're not selling, you're, they're not buying. And so, That goes for everything else, actually. That goes for math. That goes for a lot of things. I mean, you're right. Right. So and so, They don't see the value. So I, I, I don't see teachers turning into salesmen on history anytime soon, uh, which is the reason why parents are going to find it very exciting uh, to be watching my videos with their kids every Wednesday afternoon, or they can watch it anytime after they get their, their video. And, um, and it's, it's going to be a learning experience for the both of them, but it's going to be a bonding experience as well. So it's uh, – you got a basically a two for one result or two for one intent or whatever it is you're supposed to, I'm supposed to say, but <laughs> the, uh, uh, but uh, history, the way it's being taught now is, is, uh, is not acceptable to, to the kids when you have 88% who don't care uh, or don't know what to do with the information that they've learned. Uh, what effect are history teachers having on our kids? Very little. Sadly to say, but I'll I'll have more of an, of an effect on a student with just one of my videos than a history teacher will have all year long. Uh, that sounds a bit boisterous, uh, and I get that. But when you think about it for a second, it's probably true. Uh, I have a video, for example, that talks about character, but the the theme of character goes through all of my videos. But I always like to ask the question, what is character? And this one particular guy who was uh, wounded in a previous battle uh, had to get back to his unit. He wanted to be with his unit. And his doctor said to him, he said, look, you, you know, you're, you're not in any condition to, to go back into battle and, and, and fight another day. He said, I don't care. I said, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. And his, his sense was, and he wrote a letter to his, to his wife back in Worcester, Massachusetts, that said, I've got to help put a stop to this, this spot on our country called the rebellion. And, uh, and so what he was committed to was to a set of values. And that's what character is. It's a commitment to a set of values uh, that never change, which is the reason why uh, uh, values and characters are, 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 what do they call them? Uh, 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 
numbers, no. numbers and uh, letters are characters. And the reason why they're called characters is because they never change. And so that's what, that's what values are. And our kids are hungering for values. They're hungering for meaning in their lives. And if we're not giving it to them, or they're going to get it. And so uh, my videos have a way of triggering the curiosity as to how to find meaning. I'm not going to tell you that you're going to find meaning in my videos. That's not the point. The point is to recognize your own value, your own worth to yourself today, not 20 years from now, uh, to your friends and your neighbors, uh, your worth today. And uh, that's where you can find meaning and start there. So, um, my sermon is over. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty powerful stuff. But so, so I have a question. American Education Defenders. That, yeah. that, that, that's your group? That's your organization? Yeah, we're, we're a nonprofit 5013C corporation. We have, uh, we have a need for, to be financed through donations. And um, we appreciate any help that we can get uh, from, from your uh, viewers. And uh, it really helps us to uh, pay for the software we need to keep our videos going and deliverable and all of that. And, um, and I, you know, as, as a nonprofit, uh, people think I must have a heck of a staff because the videos uh, that, that come out are, are look pretty darn good, look like they're really professionally made. Well, all that stuff, I'm it. I mean, I don't have any employees. I mean, I would love to have a marketing team that would get my message out to millions of people, but I don't. And so I, I, I hope to use uh, vehicles such as yours, Hurricane, to get the word out that, that there is a, uh, uh, an interruption to a pattern that, that parents are really looking for, and we're offering that pattern. Well, thank you. Well, by the way, you know, you're it, but but you're a big it. <laughs> you you yeah, and by the way, you you said you know uh, they look professional. You you do have a marketing and a videography background, so I'm pretty sure you know the quality is there because you do have the knowledge behind it. You know, yeah. uh, you know, don't 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 sh sell yourself short, my man. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you, you you do it. You you've done it. You've done it. You know, over the years, and you know exactly what you're doing. And yeah, it's our pleasure. And by the way, while anybody watching and listening right now, this may be an interesting show, an interesting topic. And, you know, the idea of the value and, and, and the whole thing that we talked about is is powerful for anyone watching and listening. And some people may think, well, I'm not, you know, keen on war and I don't want to have that as a topic. But trust me, people are studying stuff every day. But to your point, they're not getting the the core of it the way it's supposed and it's not going to stick with them. And it's really not about the war. It's about what characteristics and characters and moral values we are learning, the values that are actually right. from these. Yeah personalities that we've we've we cover in those chapters or at least in the videos or the book and by the way that is exactly i mean even now when i refer to the star wars that's really these are characters and you just look at them and what they did stuff and it's somebody's script somebody wrote that based on some ideology yeah. you know and it's the thing it's a book and many books actually are the the premise of many movies today or the, the backbone of movies that we watch every time some of them are movies that everybody loves right uh, but you don't know but you're right for you are bringing it in a different spin to the youth 
and you're allowing this message to change a little bit, you know, and by the way, you you might not change everybody, but you know, a few people at a time will suffice. And then it just goes on yeah. and on and on. And if you can make a difference in somebody's life, even like, I love what you said, bonding, family bonding, you know, uh, when I'm telling you, it is difficult to bond with your teenagers and it's very difficult. It's, it's especially when there's a gap in age, that's the other yes. thing. I mean, uh, some, some, some parents are younger and they have, teenagers that are you know close to it. some parents have kids later on therefore there's a two 20 years 30 years even of, of a gap between the age and so you're not always adapting to the technology adapting to the lingo even right like my kids make fun of like you're such a facebook dad you like you type everything it's like you guys write like in in morse code i don't know what the hell you're actually writing ah. you know you know like you know, they give you like three letters and so like i'm supposed to memorize this stuff no i mean i can give you my own code and you're not gonna understand right but you see that, those are some of the things but but i understand something where you can find your way together and have a discussion i mean think about playing the old monopoly game right you know it's 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 the same thing. We sit, we play, and it gives you a little bit of chat time. Well, here, as I said, we watch a movie that is, you know, uh, based on a real story that happened. It's part of our history. It's part of really. And by the way, that stuff is happening and will happen again. So the question is, how do we? What do we take from it, and how do we apply that in real time, in real life, and how to convert that to to us being who we are? Yeah. It yeah. makes a difference on on, and it will give you a different level of maturity too at that, that at, at that level. Because, again, like I said earlier, when I started, I believe that our listen, my age when I was a teenager, and when you were a teenager, and compare a teenager today, there's two different level different levels in in terms of maturity levels. Now, in terms of knowledge or or input, there's probably more input with them today than it was with me and or with you. Right. But it's just the level of application of the input <laughs> you see we've applied more with less they have more and they apply less and i think that's just my general uh, you know i guess that's just my observation uh i might be wrong and you know correct me if i'm wrong folks you know please send in those messages but i can tell you if you have kids today they're very smart they're brilliant but but do they really apply you know not all of them do because again as i said there's distraction the problem with, with our kids, <clears throat> as bright as they are, Hurricane, the problem that our kids are having uh, today, and this is uh, prominent even before the COVID uh, experience hit us all, uh, our kids suffer from uh, low self-esteem. Uh, before COVID hit, it was, it was known that more than 70% of all teenage girls suffer from low self-esteem and parents don't know what to do about it. Uh, the guys, somewhere around 45, 50%, same thing. When COVID came along and isolated the, these kids in their homes and kept them separate from their friends and all of that, uh, the common uh, description of our kids today, which you can read on the internet everywhere, is that our kids feel uh, are isolated, they're anxious, they're depressed, and they're experiencing feelings that normally is attributed to adults in later years. They're experiencing those feelings now. And it's, it's really unfair for our kids to be in that kind of, of an emotional state that shouldn't, shouldn't have to be. And when you talked at the beginning of our discussion about positivity, uh, my videos have that ability to to raise that positivity in our kids so that 
when when one of my when one of your students or let's say one of your uh, teenagers is exposed to any one of my videos, they can come away and think, "Wow, I didn't know I could do that. This is this that's incredible," you know. And they see proof right on the screen that they have the ability to do that. And uh, and I remember the, there was this one woman who was thrust into this battle. She was in her mid thirties, and all of a sudden she finds herself. Uh, automatically being a nurse. Uh, she doesn't know anything about nursing. She doesn't know anything about taking care of guys' bullet wounds and that sort of thing. But she wrote something in her diary, which was one of the most motivational statements I've ever read. She said, we don't know what we're capable of until we're tested. Wow. <laughs> what a great statement that is. And so, uh, but she made it rather you know, innocently in her diary, and and, uh, and I was paraphrasing, by the way, because she said it a little bit differently. But uh, <laughs> but it's true that it's true that when we are in, in tough situations, we we have the ability to rise to the occasion and uh, and win. Whatever that well, you, is. Well, you said you said that earlier is that we all have it in us uh, the, the the idea of leadership. Yeah. It's it's really when circumstances you know hit. That's when right. some people they just find it like they have some strength in them that is that they haven't touched on or or, or really you know tapped exactly. into until until that moment, and they never would have known unless they were put in that position. So it can. That's why again that 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 exercise I do about you know um, literally in trainings when I put a movie up and I I give the question which one character would you be how would you have handled it and people will look at you like uh huh. I don't know what I've done. And you'll be surprised how, and by the way, this, we can do this, you know, anyone watching, you know, right now, just do this with your own immediate family right. and ask them like, what, what character do you, would you be? Don't be, be honest. And you'll see like, they're not going to have the same answer. People have different ways of evaluating what they see and the circumstances they're in. So it changes the dynamics for them. And by the way, you, you touched on a couple of things that I wanted just to comment on. One is early on, you talked about the case of the, the team, that, that was contemplating suicide and the person that saved them was just listening. Uh, again, that's a, that's another thing. You know, sometimes people don't need your opinion. They just need you to listen to them. Exactly. Uh, and, and we all, I mean, we all are almost guilty of the concept of wanting to always share our opinion. Uh, that's why, and by the way, and I, I'm going to preface this in this show is that yes, our shows are opinionated and all stuff, but I always state this to people when, while we give you a, uh, whatever message we are throwing right now or any other show, it is still up to you to make that decision. It is, you don't have to take any of the opinions that we right. have. We're just exposing you to different you know, pieces of information and what do you make of them is up to you. And that's important because, you know, it's not, it's not our place to, to make you change. I mean, yes, we talked about influence, but, but the influence also comes with how you capture it. I mean, it's like having a signal in the air and how you tune into it is what you get, yeah. you know, you know, so that's the frequency you have. So again, it's just a way to think about it, and and really that that's the bottom line to it. Uh, you know, uh, Paul, it is it is amazing that you've isolated you know something from our history and you've made it to 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 this level. You've you've evolved it into something where it is you know an enhanceable way of getting to somebody's home and teaching them about characters and leadership and values yeah. that they may not have. You know. Uh, had the, I guess, the ability to get, because here's the thing. It is true. It's difficult for parents today. 
to to really spend enough time with their children. It is yeah. it is un- unbelievably true because uh, you work in, you leave at home, I don't know, seven o'clock, you commute for two hours, you work about seven or eight hours, then you commute another two hours, that's the average person. And then then sometimes weekends you're running, you know, like chicken with head, the kids have their programs, they spend more time on behind the scene, you know, on the computer, on the social media. You're not there with them 100%. I mean, there is just a fact, you know, of, of today's life. So it is difficult to know what really, you know, in their mind. I love what you said when the the, late, the email you got, like, they they discovered their kid, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and that's exactly what's going to happen to a lot of us if we spend a little bit more time. Again, teenagers are, you know, you mentioned something about the suicide piece today and depression and, you know, all this stuff. Uh, it, we we have in the teenage you know uh bracket you know it's there's a very big incline in suicide thoughts and suicide you know uh, uh ideation and and it's it's happening you know it's the the rates are crazy mental health is very big and there's so much stuff that you know it's confusing and i because i do have uh, an actual recurrent show with with a psychiatrist we've tackled on this over and over and what what he had clearly stated that from a developmental, you know, aspect is that most of us will not develop our brains correctly until like 25, and we're not even getting our true identity until 35. So imagine when you are not fully developed, you know, into your your capacities, it's very difficult. So if you don't have the right tools, it's just not going to work. So any tools that can help us kind of tap into that and evolve faster. Oh, yeah. Good point. Very good point. Yeah. The, uh, uh, and, and the wonderful thing that I that I experience quite often are grandmothers will uh, email me. Uh, I hear a lot of, a lot from grandmothers, and one of the things that's also fascinating to me is that of all the subscribers I have, seventy two percent of my subscribers um, around the country come from one state, and uh, when I realized that was the case i i was dumbfounded i I thought it'd be spread out right and uh the state is california and so i contacted some of these people and i said hey what's 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 up with that (laughs) (laughs) and and they said that the school system out here is so bad okay that parents are clamoring for anything that's different from what's being offered to our kids out here. It's just awful. I, I, I didn't know that. So, uh, but I, I do get a lot from Texas and uh, New York State and, and North Carolina and a few others. And uh, what's interesting is that the states that uh, I get most of my response from are mostly homeschoolers because they're not going to get my, they don't get my videos in the schools. I mean, I'd love to have my videos in the schools, but uh, the principals are too lazy to make a decision as to why they ought to include something new into their uh, curriculum. They're not going to do that. They haven't got time. There's there's too much heady decision-making to make on a bunch of videos from somebody we've never heard of before who doesn't teach school. I mean, we we can't deal with that. Uh, I'm not being cynical. I'm being pretty realistic. I mean, I got disinvited from a uh, conference in New Hampshire last year uh, when uh, uh, these people on this board who was going to do a a conference on social studies, uh, when they discovered that 
I don't teach school and, uh, and then I don't have a degree in history. All these superficial qualifications as to why I should show up at a conference. And I said, look, I'll just, I want to just show up and meet some teachers and talk to them about what it is that I do. And I'll give out my videos for free. So if they want to use them in the classroom, they can do that. No, we don't want to do that. And so uh, see ya. And that's the response I got. So I said, okay, fine. Uh, I'm going to bypass the schools at the heck with the schools. I'm going to go directly to the parents themselves. And that's how I do it with, with your podcast and, and, uh, and any other way I can do it to reach the parents who are watching. So, uh, I can tell you parents are desperate to find alternative stuff and other tools to assist, you know, with, with the information that's available. Not everybody is happy with what schools are given. And by the way, I'm not taking away from schools and I have great friends that are teachers and they do the best they can, but even them, they're limited to what their districts are given and the politics are running. So there's, there's a lot of layers that are, you know, teachers today don't have the same freedom and flexibility they had years back uh, in terms of what they teach and how they do it. They get in programs. They need to just, you know, do it. Uh, and that's all there is. And and it's just a different way of education today. Like I said, it's just what it is today. But here's the good news. Um, there is a world of information available through social media, through through the, the, the audiovisual effect, you know, uh, platforms out there, you know, and that's, that's had that believe it or not google and youtube are the most sought after you know sources of information today you, you don't even you know you can literally build whatever you want you know a, a building learn how to become an engineer just off of the internet now, now i'm i'm pushing the, the market but the bottom line is there's so much information if you know how to use it correctly you know you can do it the bottom line is information alone is not enough you need structure behind it and things like that but the fact is, it's available, which means the access is available, and people have the ability to to find for themselves. I mean, TV is exactly that. I mean, TV is another mode of education, if you want to look at it. It depends what you're looking for. There's plenty of programs and channels worldwide that are available, and everybody picks whatever they want. Right. Now, uh, now in TV, there's there's different. There's documentaries, there is movies, there is news, and all this stuff is geared to give you some sort of a messaging and or or there's a marketing you know through through influence and through products and things like that to to get you in in a particular form and so what you're doing is just exactly that we're we're just sharing a different piece of information for those that will see it you know as a as a good fit or as a good source you know, and a resource hey listen you know why not and right now you're just exposing it to a larger audience and by the way the good news is i mean what Although this is American history that is portrayed in those videos, that history, you know, is that's the part that we need to read. I want to clear this with everybody. American history, any history, it's all attached to each other. You know, well, at the end of the day, we, we live in the same globe and what happens in today can affect tomorrow, can affect the other nations and so on and so forth all over the world. And historically speaking, that's exactly what's happened. The events of of our, you know, uh, world in the U.S. were were a lot of links, you know, to 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 other countries and other, you know, uh, nations and so on and so forth. So it's always going to be linked, and the, the the lessons learned from these things can be learned by anyone else. So it doesn't matter where you are in the world; you can still benefit from these the videos or the content or the information that's within. Yeah, um, and and that's that's really another piece of information that we all have to be clear of. 
information is all, all over the world and we just need to take it and get the best of it. That's all. I, I would say too, uh, again, that you could, uh, people ask me, well, to whom are these videos geared to? And I say anywhere from sixth grade on up. Uh, now, by contrast, I had an Air Force colonel who wrote me an email and told me that uh, my title of my book was wrong. And then he said, but don't change it. <laughs> I, so I, I, I asked him why, and he said, he said I uh, bought this book originally for my daughter, and I started reading it, and the more I, I got into it, uh, I decided that I was going to make it mandatory reading for my senior enlisted guys and my junior officers. And he's an Air Force, Air Force colonel out in Ohio. And... Uh, so it, it impressed me that uh, uh, that what I was explaining in my book obviously is something that adults can really relate to. And, uh, and that's why when I sign a book, and I'll do this for your daughters, uh, I will say uh, above my signature, enjoy the discovery of your many abilities. Wow. How about that? So this is really about your daughter or your son, and and, uh, and that's the way it is. It's, it's, it's all human nature. It's pretty simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. Uh, some people will say to me, well, how did you come to simplify things uh, the way you do? And I, think, and I say to them, I said, I think it's because of my background. Uh, when I was in college, I majored in philosophy. And what it taught me was to simplify the complicated. So... In the fall time, when I have people or guests come over to my house, when the foliage is in full bloom and the colors are beautiful, I'll ask a guest to come over to my window, and I'll ask them a simple question. I'll say, what do you see? And the answer is always the same. Oh, gee, the colors are beautiful. you got a great location here. The trees are great. I mean, the foliage is just fantastic. They never give me the answer I'm looking for. The answer I'm looking for is, I see the window. Now, you may think that's kind of silly and it's awfully elementary, but the point is, had it not been for the window, you wouldn't have been able to enjoy God's creation and all the beauty and magnificence that, that is offered in that view through the window. So that's the way I like to approach uh, a lot of things uh, differently. And obviously the way I approach it with approach history uh, with my videos and my book is uh, very different than what you know, your audience is used to. So um, I always, again, encourage them to go to my website, which is AmericanEducationDefenders.com, and learn a little bit more. You can see some examples, by the way, on my homepage of at least two of my videos, and one is about the, that teenage girl I was telling you about. You know, I want to just... Um state something here and I want to congratulate you on something because and, and by the way this message is for many people out there that you, so you went to this this conference and you were kind of rejected from this because of your background you are lacking of history major and or teaching skills but but you know what yeah, most people are like well you that you, that's not your expertise that doesn't mean that you cannot contribute to something or a topic you're right. Your background is philosophy and stuff. And again, for other people out there, you know, like, again, I come from a different world and I'm in the media now. 
you know, most people are like, what the hell do you have to do with the media? Well, guess what? I found myself into it, you know, and yeah. I enjoy it. And normally I, 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 I'm doing this with no background to it. You know, I've done everything else that comes with it and I had to learn it. But so, so we have different abilities to your point, like you find your abilities and you're going to do them and you will find uh, an actual audience for anybody out there, you know, that that's listening and watching. If you do want to make a difference in this world and you have a message, work towards it, do whatever it takes and don't let the naysayers and the blockades, you know, and all the, the, the inhibitors stop you. If you think and you believe yeah. in that, what you have is valid, it's going to make a difference in this work to positivity. Cause that's really what it is. We have two ways to, to contribute in this world. Either we're going to break positivity or we're going to break negativity. You got to choose your cap. You know, I, I personally live and reside on the positivity side. You know, everything we do, everything we try to bring here, has a positive spin and we'd like it to be that way. We try to avoid the negativity. And if there is a negative situation, we try to convert, you know, whatever positive from it and highlight that as opposed to just dwell on the bad yeah, stuff. Because bad bad stuff will just drain you. It's an anchor. It will bring you down and you'll drown. The good stuff will lift you up and you basically yeah. be surviving in this world. That's all there is. So, so yeah. that, I mean, congrats for, for doing that and not stopping for, you know, anybody. <laughs> Thank you very much, Hurricane. If you don't mind, I'd, I'd like to conclude our, uh, our discussion with a uh, quote that I always like to believe is a summary of everything that it is that we all need to do. Please. And uh, obviously it's, it's part of, it constitutes everything that I do. And the quote goes something like this, and it's probably you're probably going to recognize the uh, the person who said it at the end. Uh, the quote goes something like this: "It is not can any of us imagine better, but can we all do better?" The dogmas of the quiet past are inadequate to the stormy present. The occasion is piled high with difficulty, and we must rise to the occasion. As our case is new, so we must think anew and act anew. And then we shall save our country. Abraham Lincoln. Anastasia. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's that's pretty powerful. And uh, you know, but but you see, words of wisdom applicable for all times. And that is history. That exactly defines what we're talking about today yeah uh, that message alone that that particular piece of quote can change the lives of people any given oh. moment you know and yeah. any nation and any person any family and that's exactly why history is important to be taught in in, in the way it's supposed to so um you know thank you i mean it, you know i had some so much fun uh, folks i told you this would be a, a very interesting teenager uh -huh. right <laughs> well, I hope it was. I hope it was. I hope it was uh, worth your time, and I hope it was valuable. And, uh, and and please feel free, Hurricane, to send your send my videos out to your audience. Uh, and in return, I would like to hope that your audience responds and tells me what they think uh, of the videos, because uh, I really need that feedback uh, to to progress. And to give you an example, I was doing a. Uh, uh, a Zoom call to a school in Norman, Oklahoma. It was to a group of eighth graders and everything was going really well. And at the very end, uh, I asked if there were any questions and this little hand goes up in the back of the room and this girl comes forward and she says, you know, Ms. Temple, 
I, I really think that you can make your videos a lot more effective. Got my ear, right? Uh, if, if you would ask some questions at the end of each video, that would force the, the student to answer those questions so they could relate more back to the story and the life lessons. I thought, wow, this is from an eighth grader, <laughs> you know? And she changed, she changed my life. I went, after that call, I went back to all my videos. I figured out all the questions that needed to be asked on those videos. And now they're part of my video program. So I, I'm very receptive to anybody's suggestions that'll make uh, my videos better. So please give me your feedback. I really would appreciate it. So. Well, there you have it, folks. Please watch this and do watch the videos and do send feedback. Uh, I mean, listen, the feedback is only going to enhance and I'm sure there, there could be another book coming up. There could be more videos that will come up. There's, this is, we have enough history that there's plenty of stuff to talk about. <laughs> We're not going to run off events, you know, in the history of the U S or any other parts of the world, you know, that, that have similar, you know, stuff that we can extract things from and, and potentially use, you know, to build our own character yeah. and person. Uh, and, and, and again, folks, teenagers are the future and we need to invest time in, in that particular age group specifically because whatever we put in, in there, it's going to be, you know, what's going to drive the next generation and, 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 and the future of what we are around the world yep. today. So hopefully we'll do a good job about it and, uh, you know, we'll just have a better future yeah. uh, than, than we've ever had. And uh, that's all there is. I mean, again, let's keep it positive. Paul, it was it was a, an honor, a privilege. Uh, you know, it was fun. Thank you so much for for being with us, man. It was fun. Thank you, Thank you. very much. Appreciate it. Anytime. Well, there you have it, folks. American Age. Hope you enjoyed this uh, particular episode. So we'll have the links, uh, you know, to to Paul's site and uh, all the information where you can get all the the videos and all that. So that being said, we'll be talking soon. New day, new show, and topic. Bye for now. <laughs> Wow, 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 wow,